Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ignorant Conversations podcast, a casual conversation between two friends about the different types of books we read every week. And this week, we're going to be talking about cynic philosophy, mainly Diogenes, who's more or less the founder of the cynic philosophy school. Really? He's the founder of the school of thought? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's odd. I mean, I'm not really a philosophy buff, but... I have to say that prior to you mentioning the book, I haven't heard about him. Yeah, actually, here's how the whole thing started. The whole thing, as many things does with philosophy, it started with Socrates. He had an idea that in order to live a good life, you don't need to be rich. You don't need a lot of possessions. And Diogenes basically just took that idea and multiplied a million fold because he was a radical. And... um, by, by the way, he's from Sinop. You know Sinop? It's a, a city in Turkey. In Turkey? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was from there. So he went to Athens for, I guess he was he was working at a bank with his dad or something, and something happened. He had to leave. There's different stories about why he left. So he went to Athens, kind of just learned about that Socratic thought, which is that you don't need much to live a good life. Yeah. And uh, he just decided to just live on the streets, uh, one cloak. That during the summer you can wear it, and during the winter you can just fold it double so you don't get cold. You have a stick. That, that was his only possession? His only possessions was just a cloak, a stick, like a staff, and a yeah. knapsack, which is basically just like a sack that you put your stuff so, in. Sort of like what you see, you know, like in cartoons, you see a traditional hobo. Just a yeah. his back, a stick, and like a... <laughs> back back attached to that yeah like the great depression hobos basically all right yeah like the ones in tom and jerry like i think tom does that's, that that's exactly yeah. what i was picturing. yeah like it, it has to be like a a twig and the the little rag has to be like red for some reason where is that you know like i imagine i imagine like tom and jerry they probably got it from somewhere is that really based off like I don't know, they, they, let's say the animators saw something in real life, or is that just something they created on the spot and it's just stuck with us? Like the stick in the thing? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure um, Great Depression hobos used to do that kind of stuff when they were looking for well, a job, writing trains. Because you know you get leverage, because the way you place the stick and the items on the back and the hand up front, I guess it's easy to carry as well. I guess. There's only one way to find out, my friend. Alright. <clears throat> I'm not becoming a hobo. Well, maybe ah. if this doesn't work out, we could try it out. Or if, 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 Diog- if or if Diogenes' stuff is too convincing. Alright, let's let's get let, let's hear more of it then. Yeah. Alright. So this is where uh the thought came from. So one thing I'd like to point out is we discussed this before. If I'm gonna use any terms, I should clarify like what it is. Now Interesting yeah, thing about great. interesting thing about cynicism. Today, when you think of cynicism, what do you think? What do you think of? Uh, is it how you like you're sort of you know suspicious of things, like cynical of things in that sense? Like you don't really. I would say like if someone presents you something and mm-hmm. they claim it works a certain way or acts a certain way, and you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. Sort of, you know. Yeah, so you're yeah. That, that is that is the contemporary definition of cynicism right which is according to like the yeah, textbook dictionary definition it's an inclination to believe that people are motivated purely by self-interest skepticism doubt 
right. distrust, mistrust, suspicion. Yeah, skepticism. That's what I wanted to say. Like that's how the way I, when I think of cynicism, I think of skepticism. That's basically it, the modern mm. definition. However, that's not what it means in the ancient Greek school of thought. Cynicism comes from the word. Let me just check, so I don't I don't want to mispronounce it. It comes from the Greek word kunikos, which means dog. It means dog. dog. Yeah, a dog. And that was okay. the nickname people gave Diogenes because he used to, people used to say, he used to live like a dog. He had a big old giant ceramic tub that he used to live in with yeah. all his little possessions, just very few. And, you know, because he was living in the streets of Athens, many dogs were just walking around him. And, you know, he was living with the dogs. So he used to call him Diogenes, uh, the dog. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where the word came from, actually. The etymological uh, explanation. <laughs> uh, right. Hell, yeah. Pulls up his glasses with one finger. Anyway. So right. here's an idea of Diogenes. Are you, uh, also, another term I should point out. Do you know, are you familiar with Stoicism? Yes. But Sto I think you should explain it regardless. To the folks at home. To the folks at home. Right. Listening to this. We should explain what Stoicism is. <laughs> Stoicism right, is... We're waiting. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. We have to time this stuff. Are you anyway. looking it up? No! <laughs> Stoicism! Uh, 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 no, no, no. Anyway. So, basically, Stoicism was another uh, ancient Greek school of thought. It is a way of living with hardship, problems, whatever life is, you know, is thrown at you, without complaining. Uh, without worrying about it, you know the basic. Uh, idea. When they talk about stoicism in this book, do they mention Seneca? Uh, no, <laughs> but the thing is, cynicism, cynical yeah. school of uh, philosophy, is a prelude to stoicism. Stoicism came after. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this kind of kind of helped shape it uh, in in one way. Anyway, so now that we have the terms out of the way discuss uh, Diogenes and what he was thinking. So he was thinking to become a true individual, a true person, and a proper human being, one must reject all values and, and uses of conventional society and to live in accordance with nature. This is a big theme. Living in accordance with nature is a big theme that also exists in, in Stoic uh, philosophy. Right. By uh, that, so do you mean... In terms mm -hmm. of like the flow of nature, let's say mankind has, what do you say? You know, the sort of like how you plan things, but you know, nature has a different plan for you sort of, and you can't predict everything or nature in the traditional sense and the don't harm nature, live like animals do. A little bit of both, but mostly the former. Okay. Mostly the former. The idea is that nature has a course. It runs its course, right? Yeah. And whatever... Which whichever way it flows, you have to flow with it, and that way, whatever happens, there's no reason for you to be upset about it. And one thing that naturally happens to all of us is death, right? There's no reason right. to be upset about death because it's just nature doing its work. It always has. It's always will. Wow, there's no reason for you to be sad about it. And if you're gonna die, because you will, why should you die complaining about it? It's just a totally natural thing. I mean, one of the Stoics going to be exiled in Rome, I think. I, I forgot yeah. his name. He was going to be exiled. 
which is a horrible thing for somebody to happen, especially in those days. It's not like, you know, you just move to the, you know, take the next plane to freaking, I don't know where. So yeah. he was going to be exiled and he said, oh, freaking guy there, you're going to be exiled. Uh, you got to leave. He said, oh, um, are they taking, are they, have they taken all of my ass, like my possessions, like my house? And the guy's like, oh, no, not yet. He's like, all right, let's go have a meal at my house then. <laughs> then I'll leave. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's yeah. pretty casual. Yeah, because there's no re. I mean, the idea is for stoicism is that there's two spheres. There's the stuff that are in your control, right. and the, the stuff that are out of your control. The stuff that are beyond your area of influence. There's no reason for you to be upset about them because there's nothing you can do about it. And the other thing and this is, is this is how Diogenes lived as well, right? Yes, he did. That that is one way. That is basically how he lived as well. Idea of control is from uh, like stuff that are in your control and out of your control is from somebody who whose name was uh, Epictetes, and he was a slave, by the way. <laughs> so you can imagine he, he, that didn't bother him. So, and the other th- thing was that the stuff that you can con- have control over, you can do what is best for it, but even take that to another level is that the stuff that you have an influence over. It's your choice how you react to it. You don't have to be upset about it. Right. right? So that way they never get upset. That's the idea. Uh, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I'm wondering if whether in the book they explain how, you know, why he starts thinking like this. You know, what, like, is there a course of development? Of, you know, was he always like this or what triggered um, it? Or Diogenes... Uh, again, I should point out that I was discussing Stoicism. I'm getting a little bit off topic here. But Diogenes did not have a... I mean, a clear line of development was not recorded, I guess. But we do okay. know that he was greatly, greatly influenced by Socrates. And and then his uh, a guy who he went to Athens. I forgot his name at the moment. He went to Athens to, to learn from him. Actually, it was very persistent. The guy was like, you know... Bugger off! We don't want to. Like, I don't want to teach you. Yeah, and you're he, a dog. Yeah, you're. No, <laughs> yeah, he was. This was before he became a dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, he kept going back, and he kept going back. He was like, "I must learn. I must learn." Now, one thing that interests me about this book, or about this idea, so to become a true individual and proper human being, rejecting all values and uses of society, and so on and so forth. In Diogenes, in Diogenes' time, uh, he rejected, I mean, he just lived on the streets with his sack and everything. Today, in the modern day, 2020, how do you think such a life would look like? As in reject, I mean, uh, isn't to some degree like people who've sort of trying to turn back to the natural ways, like, you know, homegrown vegetables, uh, yeah. you know, living in these communal societies as well? in the outskirts of small towns and stuff, they've yes. made their own sort of space. I can yes. imagine that's something that's closest to it. Definitely. Probably having as little possessions as possible. Yeah, like minimalism, right? Yeah. That, that fits into the, this as well. Phones, like a lot of people, laptops. Yeah, just the basic essentials, which I guess phones and laptops are in, right? And like, you know, a small house which has ba- like you know, one piece of furniture, like a bed and a chair. Yeah. And a table. And that's yeah. it. That's it. 
in fact, I mean, uh, Diogenes would say that's also unnecessary, but that's him. He's crazy. He's crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah guy, he's, he's insane. insane. You know, there was one story where he, had, he also, at one point, he had a little wooden bowl to drink right. water out of. And one time, he was walking around the streets, as he does. He saw this kid who was drinking water uh, out of his hand. You know, he was making a cup from it uh, yeah. out of his hand, and he was drinking from it. And he just threw his bowl away. He was like, oh, I guess I don't need that either. Look at this kid. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, he was extreme, but in the modern society, I mean the idea is you you don't want to be enslaved by your possessions. I understand, yeah. Yeah, and if you think about it, especially talking about last week, the hooked uh, book that we discussed. Right. More or less we we are talking we are talking about enslavement to products. You wake up first 15 minutes you go on your phone. I mean your course the course of your day has been changed by a phone. That, that's absolutely right. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a great example. You're, you're like, your heart rate goes up when you get a text message yeah. or when you have to charge your phone and the charge is not nearby. For, yeah, Diogenes, for Diogenes, that is an absolute disgrace. Right. That a phone would dictate so much of your behavior. Uh, by the way, this was during the time of Plato. So Socrates was yeah. loved before him. Plato was his contemporary. Uh, he used to make a lot of fun, uh, fun of Plato, you know, as you can imagine. Uh, it's, it's interesting because so many people were alive at the same time. I mean, at the end of his yeah, life. Yeah, it's quite the time to be alive, honestly. Yeah, at the end of his life, apparently uh, Alexander the Great had come to meet him. And, uh, oh, da- Alexander the Great came to meet Diogenes. Yeah, exactly. Apparently. And he was uh, sitting, um, and Alexander came, and he was like, "Hello, I'm Alexander the Great. You must be Diogenes." And he was, uh, "Is there anything I can do for you?" Because he was very famous at the end of his life. He was just like, "Yeah, get out of the way. You're blocking my son." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's he was good. quite That's the, the way you should have acted. He was quite the troll, anyway. So, cynicism is, in a way, a shortcut to happiness. By getting rid of all your stuff, getting rid of all of this stuff, rejecting all of these things, and you throw yourself at a life of poverty and hardship is a shortcut to happiness. Because by putting yourself through the very worst, any minor, and you, you, I mean, you teach yourself to live with that, there's nothing else that can hurt you because you're purposefully throwing you know, the worst stuff at, at yourself. Right. Yeah. So by and, choosing to take the, let's say, hardest path forward. Yes. Like you have to, you're bound to be happy because you've already chosen the path. So nothing worse can happen to you. So to speak. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you, you teach yourself to enjoy it. In fact, he had a, a part where he was discussing uh, attaching a positive value on hardship, which is weird because here's how it is. I mean, imagine a man who's, uh, who's used to a life of pleasure, okay? He has trained himself, he has shaped himself to enjoy pleasure. And anything contrary to that would bring him great discomfort, right? Right. Now, Diogenes just basically flipped that. You live your life and get train yourself and get yourself used to displeasure. And anything that happens contrary to that, pleasure, he would yeah. hate it. It is out Wait, of the norm. Wait, he would actually hate pleasure then? Like something yes. that would genuinely yes. be considered pleasurable? He would hate it. 
he would despise it. Oh. Because he has trained himself to seek displeasure, to love displeasure. He would find pleasure in seeking and obtaining displeasure. And anything that happens contrary to that, he would hate it. Similar to a guy who's used to live sleeping on a king or queen-sized bed. I don't know why these terms exist, king or queen, but big, uh, big giant bed. Yeah. Yeah, if he had to live, sleep on the ground, he would hate it, right? Diogenes is the guy living on the ground, and he would hate the bed. But I don't know. It doesn't... Like, at this point, I, the way I thought, you know, the way I understood it to be, mm-hmm. or the way I expected it to be, would be that this is a guy who's, mm-hmm. you know, taught himself that, okay, shit is going to always happen. Mm-hmm. So it's best to just, you know, live a hard life if and find pleasure in the hardships of life. Mm-hmm. That way you're covered from that end. And if something nice happens, then that's obviously nice as well. So, you know, 100% you're covered, you're bound to be happy. But this guy's just done the opposite. Like, he's kept his <laughs> hardship and pleasure levels the same. It's just that he gets it from a different source. He's just flipped his world upside down. He's not necessarily happier than the rest of us. He's just happier because of different things. Yes, but the thing is, the the stuff that he obtains is, yeah. is much easier. He obtains it every single day. Whereas us, we have very ambitious goals, very strange ideas of what makes us happy. So we're always yeah, chasing like something that never podcast. comes, like doing a podcast, right? That's fair. Uh, look, right, we'll be, bro, we'll, we'll, we have two more viewers. Ah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, no, I, I understand. Okay, with that explanation, I'm on board. Okay. Yeah, right? So he was like a happy man. He was walking around always making fun of people, talking trash, saying how stupid everybody is, which is the next yeah, big life. Living the best life. And he was a very happy man. And next bit, which I'm going to discuss, is just the various antics, you know, uh, he did, and which I found, like, really hilarious. But they also yeah. tried to prove a point. So uh, one other thing that you said is don't forget that it is to live accordance, accordance with nature. So you don't need a giant right. bed. You don't need a... Right? I mean, you yeah. seek shelter, but... I mean, look at the way animals seek shelter. Right? You don't need a giant house with a garden, palace. Painting. Yeah, they just seek cover. You just seek cover. cover from the elements of nature. That's about it. That's all you need. Then yeah. anything more than that is absolutely unnecessary. And the only thing it does to you is enslaves you. Mm. That's it. And at the same time, perhaps it makes you like the more comforts that you seek and the more mm-hmm. comforts you become accustomed to, the let's say the softer you become and the more likely that a deviation from even that high comfort level causes you great discomfort, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you essentially lose your own character. Right. You don't become a human being anymore. I mean, th- think about it. Think of it like this. He had a great part about what it is to be a human being. Like he yeah. believed that everybody had to figure out what humanity is mm-hmm. in order to be considered a human in the first place. I mean, right. It's sort of like a, a rite of passage. Yes, exactly. I mean, he used to say a musician, like you would right. call a musician a musician if he knows how to play music. You wouldn't call another man a musician if he doesn't know any instruments, right? Oh, okay. Or, a, I guess, a podcaster. <laughs> if you don't own a podcast, you don't have a podcast, you don't run a podcast, you're not a podcast. Yeah. You, don't, you can't be labeled as one. In order to be human, 
you need to understand what humanity is and then to practice that, it. It's actually quite nice. I wish I wish that's something that they taught in in our education system still. Yeah, like, and you know like you, fundamentals you, of being human, so to speak, or like yes. that journey. Yes. Yeah. And you bring up a, you bring up a great point because I, I believe that not enough philosophy is being taught today in schools uh, anywhere. Yeah, but I think you know, like while we're on, I, I don't want to keep digressing, but it's just that with philosophy, like the book. The point is to digress. <laughs> yeah, like you know, that's really it. Like each topic that you mention, we find yeah. something from it. Yeah. And you know, it's sort of like you know how our philosophy professor said that. No, there's just no demand for philosophy professors during a recession. Yeah, and uh, and that's and that's really true because, I mean, it's just that you know, like the way the entire education system is structured, it's sort mm -hmm. of like you know they're factory farming us to yes. put us out there as skilled workers. I, I call it a massive no job training. <laughs> massive job training. I like yeah. factory farming more. Yours is much better. <laughs> Much, much better. <laughs> but yeah, and that's really what it is. Like you're you're gonna need quants. Uh, you know, if you gotta run your, your business in Wall Street, you know, you gotta need business analysts to run your businesses, you gotta need economists to run your country. You mm -hmm. name it, like these are the people that are reformed through. And there just isn't any chief philosophy minister anymore. Now though, like some like what you'll see is countries that are better off, let's say, I don't know. I forgot which one, but I'm just going to say one of the Nordic countries or New Zealand or somewhere, and then they'll have like a happiness minister or a wellness minister. Yeah, yeah. But it, you, you, can't, you can only focus on that once you have that sort of money. Like, you know, the, the process of thinking about more abstract things or like sort of like, you know, your purpose in life, that's only when you have the time to breathe, the time to think, when you're not worried about actually, you know, when you don't really have, like when you're struggling to survive, mm -hmm. you just don't have the mental capacity to be worried about, you know, more purposeful things, so to speak. You are 100% correct. I mean, even if you look at the course of history, why yeah. do you think all these philosophers that I'm discussing today came from ancient Greek and they were not like Eskimos living in igloos? Yeah, right? that's fair. Right, nice weather, good system. You know, you have the, the the space to think about these things. Yeah, but the correct ingredients for this sort of stuff. Exactly, exactly. But do you think, like, uh, do you think it's also what you call it? Actually, before I want to move forward on that, I wanted to circle back on that comment that we made about, like, you know, when you're struggling to survive, you don't really have time for these things. And uh, mm -hmm. there's this book by it's called Poor Economics by mm -hmm. Banerjee. And Esther Duflo, this is a couple, and they recently won the Nobel Prize in Economics, I think, last year. Mm -hmm. And part of that book is like, you think that poor people, you know, people that have, let's say, people lower income groups that are struggling with financial mm -hmm. cash flows, you mm -hmm. would think that they would be making the most, you know, frugal decisions, they'd be making mm -hmm. the best decisions, sort of, because mm -hmm. they just have such limited money that they have to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you notice that they'd buy a TV. Or did spend a lot of money on a wedding. And right. Part of yeah. that is that they tradition or something. But from the outside perspective, it looks like okay, that wasn't a logical decision given your financial health. Right. But they say that, and there's something that I've read from other books as well. What, what fundamentally happens is that when you when you're stressed, 
you know, when the when you're stressed about something, let's say food or you know well-being or anything else, which you would right. be if you were from a lower income background, right? Your brain just doesn't work the same way because it's constantly occupied by that stress. It just doesn't perform at the same optimal level, which is why you end up doing making decisions that are counterproductive. Yeah, irrational. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So I I thought it was interesting to know that we could fit it in here. Uh, but yeah. You could you could fit it in here, and if you were to bring Socrates or Diogenes, they would say that you are absolutely wrong. <laughs> they would, yeah, they would say, they would say that, in fact, the best way to live life is to be poor, right? Because you are only worried about. You see, this is the thing. You said that if you have, you know, low income, you're constantly worried yeah. about like your means of survival and, and whatever yeah that is only stressful is if, if your goal is to have more than that right socrates and the other guys they would aim for that they would say i want the very basic stuff the minimal amount of thing possible because i would just want to take care of my means of survival yeah. only and to spend the rest of my time philosophizing that's fair. That's you know what? Like, I get that. But a counter to that would be, like, some of these cases, the ones I'm referring to, like, mm -hmm. I don't think Diogenes or Socrates, they, they didn't have families, right? Uh, Diogenes didn't, but Socrates did. Hmm. Okay, but I imagine, like, I get the base survivalist things, but, like, considering the state of our world, like, there's a lot of people that are, even mm -hmm. with the basic means, mm -hmm. they will not be able to survive, nor right. their kids. And I think maybe Esther and Banerjee were referring to that. I don't recall the book well enough. But regardless, I think that's a fair point that you're making. But there's also like the alternative when people are just not able to survive at all. So they even fall out of the scope that... Well, yeah, I mean, you need to yeah. acquire the you know, your means of survival before you can even have this yeah, conversation. Absolutely. Anyway, this is just some of Diogenes' ideas. Uh, of course, there's more to discuss, more to learn, but, you know, this is just a short podcast that we're having. One thing I'd like to just point out is the structure of the book, Is if anybody's interested. This book is called, it's written by a man by the name of Robin Hard, and uh, the title is Sayings and Anecdotes, okay? Diogenes yeah. the Cynic. It's Oxford University classic. That's the title of the book so if anybody's interested they can go ahead the format of the book is more like it's as the title suggests it's sayings and anecdotes so it just goes like line 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 there's not like a proper structure or an you know, explanation of ideas except in the beginning in the beginning they discuss what it is the time period some of his ideas but then afterwards it is just sayings and anecdotes by various people you know throughout history who has recorded Diogenes' stuff. And in addition to him, uh, there's also some of the works of his contemporaries and his followers. Um, one of them that I found very interesting, his name was Krates. He was a very rich man. Uh, and after discovering Diogenes and his stuff, he was like, okay, I'm going to join this guy. I'm going to be with this guy. He sold all of his property to the city he was from. So he said, just like yeah. use, use these houses and whatever for whatever reason you want to use to help poor people. That's well, all good for me. And the rest of the money he had, he just threw it away, like into the ocean. 
and he went to the streets and he screamed, "Today, Kratos frees himself from Kratos. I am all right. free of my possessions. I, I can be a free man." So, if you're interested in the book, that's that's the one. That's how it goes. I would recommend it, definitely. Um, but what would you rate it out of ten? I would rate it. Okay, look, I could. The thing about a rating is, I could rate it from just a book's book perspective, or from from a philosophy perspective. For a regular person, I would rate it an eight. As an overall, I think everybody yeah. should give this like a overall experience. I would give it an eight, like a light eight. Right. Yeah, I wish there was a little bit more structure. Yeah, but it is sayings and anecdotes it's in the title you can't really expect something more so i can't That's take that away from it so but i i i think philosophy is heavily underrated i think people should read this stuff i mean come on man <laughs> oh that's fair i i think you've convinced me i'm interested in this i mean specifically like stoicism and cynicism it's mm -hmm. sort of like the mm, like the basis because you know questioning and going against what the standard is, you, only by doing that do you really get to the bottom of how things truly work. Yeah. So understanding these two concepts is imperative if you want to learn more about philosophy yourself and definitely. the world itself. Definitely. Yeah. Socrates too, definitely should. Like Plato's work is mainly about Socrates. Some parts, of course. Definitely. Do I you mean, plan on covering a philosophy book anytime soon again? Yes, actually. I mean, if you are interested... I, I I'd like to hear more about this, honestly. Okay, awesome. I mean, I can I can be discussing uh, Stoicism, Epictetus's book works. I can discuss Plato stuff, mainly about Socrates. I think it's all relevant to what you're like finding true knowledge, all yeah. that stuff. I think maybe once a month because we upload weekly, but maybe once a month we can do one philosophy book. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. No problem. Right, I enjoy it. Good. Yeah, he was crazy. You know, he used to like walk around in broad daylight carrying a lamp and people were like, hey, what the hell are you doing, man? He's like, I'm looking for an honest man. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah you guys are quite the lunatic. But I guess, you know, like at least in ancient Greek, they used to pay attention to these guys. You know, Oh, yeah, so definitely. Nowadays, if someone did that, they'd be like, all right, off to the mental asylum. Here's yeah, they, Adderall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adderall, antidepressants, injections, yeah, straight jackets. You know? Yeah, absolutely. No. Man, this is nice. Thank you. You know, I've been. It's been a while since I read any philosophy, and this is a good, this is a good refresher. And I'm hoping you can cover more of the same. I will but, definitely. Uh, it's as you know, next week is my turn. Mm -hmm. And uh, the book that I have is not as interesting as the last one, but I think it's it's a uh, it's sort of like a classic, so to speak. It's called, um, you know, how to make friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. And I okay. know the name's extremely cheesy. Yeah. And some of what he writes <laughs> in it is, is cheesy as well. But this is the way it's written is that this isn't like your, let's say, modern day, you know, if you believe in yourself and like putting um, entrepreneur in your bio, things like that. It's not uh, really like that. Uh, it, it's more of a, like it's written a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess society was slightly different back then as well. But the things okay. he says on a fundamental level do make sense so i think okay. it'll still be nice to cover it and it's just such a highly recommended book that it would be nice to you know cover the basics of that but next week i'll be covering that awesome. and thank you so much for 
telling us about Diogenes's stories. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you, man. Always. Uh, this is it. Thank you. Thanks for talking to me, man. And thanks for anybody who listens to this stuff. So I'll see y'all next week.